Today's reading is from Philippians 3, 7 through 14. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For those sake, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead, now that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, brothers and sisters. I do not consider myself yet to have take, taken hold of it. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want to add a verse to that. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. We just celebrated Christmas, Jesus Christ's birthday. Presents were opened, toys strewn all over the house, remnants of wrapping paper and pieces here and there. Hopefully most of it got into the trash. Leftovers are spilling out of our refrigerator. Pies that we don't really want that we're told to take home. Candles, lights, decorations, all of it is going back into a box for next year. We packed away Christmas started pulling out the next set of decorations for the next holiday. New Year's. Our homes were in chaos for weeks. We had family visiting. We went visiting family, friends, visitors coming and going, everybody wishing us a Merry Christmas. Now we can all start putting it back together. That is until New Year's. Wait, New Year's is just around the corner. We didn't even have time to breathe between them. Are you ready? Are you ready for New Year's? Are you ready for the new year? Does everyone have their plans in order? Do you plan on going out this year? Are you going to stay home and watch Dick Clark's rockin' New Year's Eve on, in the Big Apple? Or do you plan on being in bed before new, midnight and not telling anybody that you're really not going to be up at midnight? Sorry, I still have a little bit of a cold, so I still have a cough. So just forgive me for a little bit, please. So 2018 is coming to an end. It's over. No more opportunities to make 2018 memorable. Did you make it memorable? Think about it for a minute. How memorable did you make it? It's ending. A new year is beginning. It's a fresh beginning, a new start, a new year to do things differently. Or are we going to do it the same as we did before? Did you make new, resolu- new Year's resolutions last year that you didn't follow through with this year? Maybe you started and then halfway through or a third of the way through or maybe you made it three quarters of the way through the year. 
then you just dropped them. Maybe this year you'll stick to them. Albeit, you made them with good intentions, but maybe it was really hard to follow through with them to the end. So are you ready? Are you ready for change? Are you ready for 2018 to be over with and just be done? How we see things in our lives and in our world is a lot more powerful and has a lot of impact, more than we might imagine. When we think of endings, we usually imagine lives of loved ones who've passed away, or maybe resolving relationships, tying up loose ends, maybe completing something that we really didn't finish last year that we were going to do. Maybe we're going to attempt something new. Endings have to do with choices. Let me repeat that. Endings have to do with choices. Endings don't mean finalities. They don't mean that something is dead. They can just mean that we've shoved it aside or shuffled it aside or set it aside or that part of our life is done. We don't have to be sad about it. We don't have to look at our endings as a negative. Endings can bring us new beginnings. In fact, every ending brings you a new beginning. If we look at them from a different perspective, maybe we can see how our endings can create new possibilities, new opportunities, new beginnings. Maybe it's a new path in our lives rather than focus on the finality of the things that have ended. Do you know every human being naturally has what it takes to be miserable? Romans 5.12 tells us, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all have sinned. We look for reasons to be miserable. We focus on things that make us miserable. Now, we don't start out that way. We don't say, oh, I'm just going to have a really rotten day today. But nature, our natural ability to see the downside of things, the negative side of things, is there. Not only are we hardwired that way, but the world tells us that we should live that way. Look at the commercials on TV nowadays. We've talked about it before. We're never good enough, we're never tall enough, we're never slim enough, we're never pretty enough, we're never rich enough, we're never nothing enough. We are just not enough. And we live with that negativity in our heads. The world reinforces our negative thoughts. We don't live to be happy. We live to be negative. And the world tells us that that's where we should stay. Look at the negative side of things. So we think along the negative side. Nothing can make us happy until we move on to something that's bigger and better, maybe more expensive, prettier, newer. It's always got to be more. We're never happy with where we're at. It's a matter of perspective. Perspective changes how we see things. Tom and I are two totally different people. I've been called Pollyanna for a few years now. 
him not so much. I was so excited. We have five daughters. Three of them were outside of our house living on their own. Two of them were married, raising their families. Another one had moved out. She'd come back. She's back again. <laughs> it's a matter of perspective. But we were taking one of our daughters up to her biological mom to live with her because she was making really bad choices. And I was so excited. I could not wait because we were going to have the house to ourselves. <laughs> it was just going to be my husband and I, and I was looking forward to that. Well, he wasn't. He cried. He was like, our last daughter is gone. What are we going to do? Life is different. I have all these regrets, all this sadness, all this misery. I was like, oh, no, knock it off. <laughs> this is not the way it goes, honey. We did our jobs. We have raised our kids. They're growing. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're going to church. They're loving God. What more could we have done? I was excited for them. Him, not so much. He was eh, excited for them, but sad for us. I was excited for us. I thought I'd have my house to myself. I could listen to my music. Yeah, not so much. But that's okay. Again, it's a matter of perspective. But when our perspective stays focused on our past, our mistakes, our things, our regrets, our things we didn't do, and not focused on Jesus, we become sad, morose. And those feelings often turn into regret and defeat. It's all how you look at it. Tom and I lived the same lives. We watched our kids grow. He was sad. I was happy. I was so excited for our kids. I didn't have regrets. I did the things I needed to do as their mom. Not all of them are fun. But I did what I needed to do to raise our kids to be good young adult women. I was so thankful that God had kept me on the path to get them on the path. But Tom only saw what he didn't do. Our perspectives were different. We lived the same lives. We had the same kids. We had the same house, the same family. But our perspectives were totally different. Look at Paul's life. He was beaten. He was jailed. He was stoned, shipwrecked, gone hungry, left out in the cold. But yet, he was transformed into a loving and joyful person. He understood, from his perspective, the unmerited favor, mercy, and grace of God. But only a person who's truly reliant upon God could find that joy. Everything Paul had been through, he wrote such joyful epistles in Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. He was imprisoned, and he still referred to his imprisonment in 2 Corinthians 4.17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Think about it. He could have been the most miserable man walking the earth. 
But he wasn't. He was joyful. It was a matter of perspective. In Philippians 4.11, he says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. He had some pretty rough circumstances, let me tell you. I do not want the life he led. But he was joyful. He found joy. It was a matter of perspective. Now that's a Pollyanna attitude, an attitude changed by Christ. Rather than allowing his past to define his future, he used his past to find a brighter future. That's perspective. He could have walked around going, oh, woe is me. I've been beaten. I've been jailed. I was not such a great guy. I'm just going to rest there. But he didn't. He looked at that and he said, okay, Jesus has transformed me. I'm going to find a way to take all those negative things and make, make them happy. Make a way to f- express my joy. And he did. Rather than allowing his past to define his future, he used his past to make a brighter future. As a counselor, I can tell you, our past can hold us down. It can stop us dead in our tracks. Have you ever mulled over a past event and replayed it over and over and over, regretting the choice that you made? Not that you can change your choice by mulling it over, but you replay it over and over, thinking, oh, if I had just done this, oh, if I had just said this. And we all do it. It's okay that we do it, but we have to change our perspective. Because you can't change how you reacted. You can't change how you felt. You can't change the past circumstance of your past event. You can replay it over and over, hoping for a different, maybe a better outcome. But it doesn't change. It paralyzes you. You focus on the negativity of it rather than how to grow past it, how to learn from it and never repeat it. To do that, you must end it. Things have to come to an end. Beloved, until you release yourself from the regret of your past actions or past thoughts or past behaviors, you will replay them over and over, even when you don't mean to, even when you don't want to. We must start to see our past choices, whether they were good or bad, as a tool to learn from, a vehicle to advance us forward. We must put an end to them and start fresh, a new start, a new beginning. Because when you're facing the ending of one path, you can choose to pick the road that you've been on before, or you can choose to pick the road that you've never traveled. For some, it could be the death of a loved one. Now, I got Aaron's permission to talk about this. Before George's life on earth ended, he had been so sick. Aaron literally spent day and night caring for George. Aaron willingly and graciously lived her life as his wife and caregiver. 
her beloved husband George had gotten sicker and sicker. And as his Parkinson's consumed more of his mind and body, Erin's days and nights became more intensely focused on her becoming his caregiver. She could no longer be his wife. She became his caregiver. Eventually, Erin had to make a choice to place him in a facility so she could go back to being his wife and stop being his caregiver. Each step of George's Parkinson's became a new path for Aaron to walk. It was an end of one moment and a beginning of a new one for her. It was not an easy road. None of the choices that Aaron had to make were easy, but she relied on Jesus to carry her along the new path. When George's Parkinson's eventually ended his life here on earth, Erin had to make another choice. She could see the end of George's life as an end to her own life and allow it to consume her. Or she could and did, with the help of Jesus, her family, friends, and her church family, see a new path. The end of George's life was a new beginning for Erin. It wasn't one she would have chosen. It wasn't one she would have picked, but it's one she walked. Erin made the choice to continue to live. The memories of George flood back to her. And sometimes she just can't breathe. The road she's walking is not an easy one. But she has found a new beginning to her life. It's one step at a time. Some days she can barely breathe. Some days life is almost breathable. And more and more, each step is more breathable. She's kept Jesus at the center of this, in her words, merry-go-round. Life is not so frantic, and everything has a focus. Aaron's perspective is what got her through it. Jesus gave her a new perspective. It's not an easy road. But her perspective is what has kept her upright. Her perspective was not one of, I can't go on. It was one of, I want to share life, George's life with others. I want his life to have mattered. Aaron presses on to the goal that Jesus has called her to. It's a new path. Endings can lead us to new journeys if we're ready to seek and follow God's direction for us. If we follow Paul's example and Aaron's example, and so many of your examples in here, Paul didn't forget his past. In all probability, he had to face it often. Before his life had been changed by Jesus, he had persecuted and oppressed the Jewish people who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. After his conversion, he knew he was following a new path. His old life was dead, and he had a new path to walk. Not that anybody believed him. He had to prove it. He had to prove he had a new life in Christ. 
2 Corinthians 5.17 says, <coughs> sorry, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Paul had to live down his past, not only for himself, but for others. He had to overcome his past. And the only way he could do that was to live his life for Christ and move forward. He had to put a death to his old life and begin a new path. Again, his perspective is what made the difference. Had he stuck to his old ways and kept that perspective, where would he be? He certainly wouldn't have been a child of God. He wouldn't have been able to write the epistles that he's written. He wouldn't be the man that he became. (coughs) Paul knew the death of his old life put him on a path, a mission to serve Jesus by sharing with others his new life in Christ. His old life had to end to accomplish this. Endings aren't always bad. Endings mean new beginnings. In Philippians 3, 13 through 14, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi tells them, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul realized that even though his past was just that, his past, he still had to keep moving forward to be who Jesus called him to be. It's not easy to move past our regrets, our choices, our lifestyles, but we must get past them for us to move forward. Our old nature can rear its ugly head whenever we least expect it. But that's how Satan trips us up. He uses our sinful nature to come back slap us when we're down because that's what he does he reminds us of who we were not who we are now and that trips us up it's easy to fall back into that pit it's a matter of perspective we have to be aware that we are new creations in Christ We have a new path to travel. It's so easy to fall back into our old ways if we're not aware of it. We have to be cognizant of it. We must realize that we begin a new path every single day. Every day we get up, we have to look to God. We have to ask Jesus to guard our steps, guard our hearts, guard our minds, and keep us focused on him. Again, it's a matter of perspective. It's a new day. We get to start fresh. Sanctification is an ongoing process. Sanctification, though, involves stumbling, falling, picking ourselves back up and putting one foot in front of the other, walking forward. Where we choose to place our feet is the path that we follow. We can choose a path that is guided by Jesus, 
or the path that is directed by the world. The choice is ours. If we get too absorbed in the world out there and not absorbed in God's word, it's easy to trip up, easy to fall back into our old patterns. Beloved, we all have a past, a life before Christ. Whatever we've lived through has helped us become who we are today. Some of us have lived lives that are less than stellar. I'm one of them. But that doesn't define who I am today. My perspective has changed. I used to live for the worldly things. Now I live for God's word. Some of us have lived lives that have always been steady and rock solid. My husband was a pretty steady, rock solid guy all his life. He's gotten better. His perspective has grown. Some of you are in the same boat. Been pretty rock solid, pretty steady, pretty good people all your lives. But as you grow in Christ, your perspective gets clearer. Our old ways are dead, much like the choices we make. We can dwell on our choices, or we can allow those to die, to be buried, and start new lives. We can live, live our lives filled with regret and woe, or we can live our lives filled with the glory of Christ. To do that, though, we must, must lay down our past. Again, our past does not define who we are. Our past is gone. It's dead. It's done. It's who we are now that has the impact. It's who we are now and how our perspective sees us. Don't let the world tell you that you're not good enough, you're not tall enough, you're not rich enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not slender enough, you're not enough because you are Jesus made you enough endings can be traumatic they can devastate us and they can rock us to the very core but with every ending comes a new beginning they're scary sometimes it's a new path that you have to walk and you're terrified but you just hang on to Jesus and he'll get you there. Sometimes it's a path that maybe you don't really, really, really want to walk, but you're okay with it. It's not terrifying, but you're hanging on. It's a new beginning. We can bury our past in the past, or we can replay those scenarios over and over and over and dwell on our past mistakes, our past regrets, our past choices. Or we can choose to walk the path that can lead others to Christ. <coughs> we can either allow our past to define us, <coughs> imprison us, 
stop us cold in our tracks. Or we can use our past to help forge a new path, to bury the past and start a new beginning, start fresh. Jesus promised us that once we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, we have a new life. We no longer have to live or be our past. We have a life in Christ. That's our new beginning. If we see our ending as an opportunity to start a new adventure, a new journey, a new path to take, our perspective changes from one of regret and sadness to one of awe and wonder at what God is planning. It's your choice. It's your perspective that's going to make the difference. It's going to make all the difference. And the only way you're going to gain a new perspective is to continue to focus on Christ, to continue to be in his word. So while Bridget and Aaron come back up to lead us in the last song, if you'd like someone to pray with you, if you'd like to take this time to pray and you want to pray by yourself, come up here to this, to your left. If you want to have somebody come pray with you, come up here to the right and somebody will come up and pray with you. But if you just want a quiet time of prayer in solitude and you want to just stay in your seat, that's fine too. Christmas may be over. We've packed up all the gift wrappings, all the lights and all the decorations. We put all our Christmas adornments back in the box for next year. But beloved, there's still one present. Still one present sitting out there for you. Jesus has offered it to you. If you have not picked up that present, if you have not picked up the gift of salvation, pick it up today. Don't walk out of here without accepting the gift that Jesus has given you. Don't leave it in the corner for next year or next month. Pick it up. And then come see Kristen or Jay or Mary Jeff, myself, after service. Tell us that you picked the gift up and that you want the gift of salvation that only Jesus can give you. It's just waiting for you to accept it. Don't walk out of here with leaving the gift in the corner. And again, if you're ready for some prayer, you just want to pray with somebody, come up here over by to your right. And somebody will come up and pray with you. And if you just want to pray quietly in your seats, that's fine too. And if you want to pray up here and just pray by yourself, that's fine. Just know that God loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus came. We just celebrated his birth. It was for you. It was for each one of us. Don't leave his gift sitting in the corner.